0: Stories embrace every human emotion and genre, humor, wit, celebration, sorrow, grit, loss, grief, and triumph. We believe stories change lives. Welcome to the She Speaks Stories podcast. this is Susan. And this is Katie. And welcome to episode nine of the She Speaks Stories podcast. We are so glad that you guys are choosing to come back and be with us each week. We are having loads and loads of fun doing this. So much fun. So much fun. Um, Today, we are having to redo a little bit um, of what we were going to do, what our plan was, uh, because our guest that was going to come on, she all of a sudden she realized she sent this text message or email last night and said, wait a minute, it's my kid's spring break. And you know, you can't be concentrating when you're on your kids spring break. And doesn't she have like six kids? Yeah, she's got a lot of kids. And so she was like, yeah, I need a rain check. So she's precious. And we're going to have her on another episode coming up soon. Um, her name is Rachel Baxter, and she is absolutely delightful. And so I can't wait for her to be back on. So we're going to get our calendars um, in sync, and we are going to get her back on an upcoming episode. So today, Katie and I got together um, a few hours ago actually. And we decided, <laughs> oh, we're well, let's regroup and figure out what we're gonna do. And we have um, you guys have been so faithful in sending some stories in. Um, you have either been sending them to our email account, which is she speaks stories at gmail.com, or you've been sending them through our Facebook page, um, our She Speaks Stories Facebook page. And so Katie and I looked back at two of the stories that have been sent in, and we thought, man, these would be great stories to tell. We did get permission from these ladies um, to share these stories, but they are, I mean, they're great, great stories. And so we thought, wait a minute, we'll have a detour today. And uh, Katie and I are also going to share a couple. So it's going to be just a plethora of stories today (laughs) that we hope you will enjoy. (laughs) All
1: righty. The first story was sent by this gal named Julia Cyphers. She is the daughter of the woman who actually discipled me when I very first became oh, cool. a Christian. That's cool. And um, my friend's name is Betty Gagnon. Her husband, Dennis, was a Marine. We were all stationed together down at Paris Island. And this was right when Mike and I first got married and um, started to have kids. Now, it was such a beautiful relationship, because I really knew hardly anything about Christ. But Betty was very wise and very steeped in the scripture. And so um, being her best friend down there was very, very important to me and helped me grow. Because I was a little (laughs) spacey, not just at being a Christian, but I didn't know anything about being a mom. And I'll just share quick my little story for today. Um, When I had Mike, first of all, labor was just horrible because (laughs) (laughs) I kept having false labor yeah, and yeah they call it classrooms or something we that. lived on this little island called ladies island and yeah. you had to go across this ladies island lady it was called ladies island why did and they call?
0: were there women there i mean like what why is that called that
1: i have absolutely no clue <laughs> <laughs> <That's a weird laughs> and we had island. to go over this bridge to get to this to the hospital these these are not important details but <laughs> It was, Paris Island, it was in June, bloody hot.
0: Yeah, no. And we had two
1: cars. We had an RX-7. That was this beautiful sports car. And then we had this old beater with no air conditioning or anything. Well, Mike, of course, he's like, let's not take the good car over this bridge on the way to the hospital just in case. So we went back and forth over that bridge probably 10 times because they kept sending me back home. I'm trying to set why I was even more spacey than I really am. Okay.
0: okay wait a minute. Were you having like the mean like, whatever it yeah, is? Yeah, or
1: I just, I was having real ones, but just not progressing. Anyway. Okay. 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 So like two days of this, go back and forth over this bridge and <laughs> this beater car, and it's just a nightmare. Okay. So we finally- And it's probably finally, like 100 degrees. So hot. We finally, they keep me and blah, 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 but then all these complications. Okay. Bottom line, I finally give birth to Mike.
0: Your son, not your husband. And we go... (laughs) Yeah, my son,
1: Mike. And so... And keep in mind, this is a naval hospital a long time ago. Okay. So we get into the room and and the baby Mike is in the nursery and my husband Mike had to go to work i mean back then they didn't oh have any kind of maternity leave for people or anything and so he's like okay well i i got to go and um <laughs> uh and he says to me now honey um just remember to talk to the doctor tomorrow about circumcision i'm like okay okay <laughs> all right well oh i gosh. i try to go I try to get some sleep because I am absolutely exhausted. I've been up for two days. I've been through, you know what, yeah. no swearing on this podcast. And I am feel like I'm dead, all right? So about midnight, this voice comes over, the loudspeakers in the hospital, and they go, all mothers report to the nursery immediately and pick up their babies. And <laughs> I'm like, the well, they can't mean me because I'm almost dead here. I can't be... <laughs> I can't be walking down to a nursery and getting a baby, so I go back to sleep. <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty soon, there's this nurse comes in my room. Ma'am, you need to get down to the nursery and pick up your baby. I'm like, oh, I, I, I don't, I don't even think I can even walk. What in the She's world? like, you can walk. No sympathy, no sympathy. So I, I, you know, hobble down. This
0: is the strangest Mike thing is I've in this, ever heard. Mike is
1: in this little plastic wheelie cart, you know? <laughs> and so I wheel him back down. I park him next to my bed, and I'm like, oh, please, please don't need anything. <laughs> I, I'm almost <laughs> dead here. So I get back in my bed. I go back to sleep. Of course, he starts crying. And I am in a fog, and I, I look at him. Well, he had had that first movement oh, and it's all like yes. tarry yeah, and gross. you know yeah. oily and I'm in such a fog of mind <laughs> that I don't know that there's like supplies <laughs> on the bottom of this car so I wheel him into the bathroom and you remember those old-fashioned paper towel holders like with those really hard paper towels yes. no so, yes you- <laughs> So I am pulling out these paper towels with water. The water's cold. And I'm trying to (laughs) get it off. And I got a white gown on. He's got a white blanket. It's all over my gown, all over the blanket. And it's just a big mess. Finally, I'm like, this isn't working. So I just put him back in the bassinet, and I wheel him down to the nursery. I go, getting someone to help (laughs) me. They looked at me, they're like, what, what, oh, ma'am, there's wipes and oh, diaper." I'm word. like, oh, I didn't know. They're like, we'll, we'll take care of it. So I go back to bed. I'm like, oh, you. The next morning, this doctor comes in, and I think he heard about what a loser I was <laughs> because he's kind of looking at me like, mm, I don't know if we should let you even have this baby. And he says, okay, do you have any questions? And I say, yes, I do. I need to know when you're going to castrate my baby. <laughs> <laughs> he goes,
0: oh.
1: <laughs> he, goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, ma'am, I don't think you want me to do that. I'm, I'm like, yes, I do. My husband <laughs> told me to make sure to schedule the castration. He goes... <laughs> He's—he's—you he's, he's, can tell he's dying. He's Was he dying, Like you are so bad. He goes. I think you mean circumcision. I'm like, oh, oh yes, oh yes. So I tell you that crazy, embarrassing story to say. This was the beginning of my motherhood, okay? So I needed a good best friend that um, had kids, too, and could help me and, and be kind to me. All right. so Betty Gagnon had, she had Julia right around the same time I had Mike, and then we both had our second babies there, too, and one of her second, her second child was this Julia. Okay. So, um, We were really close to that family. Our kids were friends. They played. And then we were stationed with him like three more times um, together. So we really kind of grew. Our kids kind of grew up together. And I grew as a Christian through Betty so, 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 so much. Okay. So that was background as to who, who these people are for this story that we got sent. Julia now is married to um, a guy in the Army, and she has four kids of her own now, but she writes and says... well, in her email, she just said, I'm so glad you ladies were brave enough to start this. I love it. And she said that us telling our own stories started to to make her think back on some stories of her that's good. youth. Yeah. And um, so she said, I finally just sat down and typed it out, and I'm sending it on to you if you want to share it. That's great. Um, she said, but just even even the fact of her writing down an old story brought some joy and some to her. So here's her story. It's called Cadbury Egg Faith. I'm one of seven kids. My dad is a retired Marine who after his time in the military felt called to move to central middle of nowhere, Maine, to be the principal at a small Christian school. It was crazy culture shock. But from the perspective of a kid, it was a blast. We moved to this cool little house on 13 acres. We got to sled down some killer hills. We had a little pond to skate on, chickens, and endless adventures. What we kids weren't too aware of was the fact that dad took a big pay cut during this job transition and that financially things were tight. The thing is, Dad was not only not getting paid the same he was as a Marine, but also not getting paid the the amount he had been told. So many factors came into play, but in the end, it was just a poor town where people literally were paying their school tuition with milk from their cow farms and deer venison from their last hunt. wow. My parents felt called, so they treated this adventure as being on the missions field. Even though it was hard and tight, they believed this is exactly where God wanted us. We kids weren't really sure on the details for much as far as finances, but I remember one day very clearly. Mom was sitting in the middle of the kitchen on the floor, holding on to a can of beans. She was sad, so I asked her what was going on. She told me, we just need to pray. We had this cross-stitch sign in our dining room that said, give us this day our daily bread. And she pointed to it and asked me if I knew what that meant. I thought it was just part of the Lord's Prayer, but she told us kids that we need to ask every day, that God give us what we need. And today, we really needed to pray that. What I didn't find out till later was that can of beans represented all we had my parents didn't have the funds to go grocery shopping, and our pantry was getting empty. So we sat in the kitchen, on the kitchen floor and prayed that God would give us today our daily bread. Just give us what we needed today, and that we would trust that he would. So the next day at mom's Bible study, they were going around saying praises. And Mom mentioned that we had some financial struggles and someone had donated some meat to our family as a direct answer to prayer. After study, a gal who ran a foster transition home for girls approached Mom. She explained to my mom that they had a bunch of supplies, groceries, toiletries, etc., that their organization was given, and they never used all of it. And instead of the food going bad or throwing it away, she thought of our family and that if my mom didn't mind, she'd love to share what they had left over with our family. Mom almost fell over and, of course, agreed to come pick up the boxes of food. They filled the back of our VW van with food, and not just the generic brands, but name brand food items, and not just Cheerios, there were Frosted Flakes and Cocoa Puffs for cereals, (laughs) and not only the foods needed for meals, but on top of all that, there was a crate of Cadbury eggs. Cadbury eggs are one of our favorites, and we just couldn't afford any. So our great, big, awesome God, who loves us so much, not only answered our prayer for our daily bread, but he topped it off with a seemingly endless supply of our favorite treat. For an 11 or 12-year-old, however old I was at the time, this was such a powerful way to see not only the power of prayer, but how big and real God is, and how he delights in blessing us. Like in Acts 3, how the lame man begs for money, but he's given one better, the ability to walk. I believe and have clearly seen that if we ask God with faith, that he will. He does and isn't limited to our simple request. Now when life gets hard in my family, we know that God will provide for us, and not only with our daily bread, but with Cadbury eggs. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Isn't
0: that a great story? Yeah, that's sweet. I mean, it shows you that God really does care about tiny little details. Yeah,
1: yeah. Above and beyond uh, what you could even ask or think, He, He supplies. And um, and I do remember Betty sharing that story after it happened with me. Because we lived up in Rhode Island at the time. And we actually drove to Maine a couple times and spent, I, I don't know, some holidays or just yeah, hung out with yeah. them a couple times. And they came down to Rhode Island That's fun. once. And, and I do remember her sharing that story. And it built my faith. Because I had never really known anyone personally yeah. and closely that really was on the level of not starvation. They wouldn't have starved, but,
0: yeah, but they needed, desperate yeah. need, yeah, yeah, desperate
1: yeah. need. Like I really do need you to provide sure. my daily bread. Sure. So it was faith building to Mike and I and, and our kids too.
0: So I love that. Hope that, um, well, and I think was a too, good story. it will, uh, it will show them as she's saying now that she's an adult, that God does supply all of our needs. Amen. Yeah. Amen. God does supply all of our needs. And then every now and then, he chooses to go above and beyond. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. For something like that. Well, that's good. That's a good, good story. Um, our next story is coming from Molly Law. And um, you and I know Molly from our church at Mount Ararat And she was then Molly Bosselman. Yes. And now yes. she's married and she lives in North Carolina. And um, she's, she's fabulous. She's really, really fabulous. But she has sent us a couple of emails and we asked if we could share them. Very... Um, very tender very raw story um, it's it's a hard story um, that she shared but it's got some nuggets of incredible um, wisdom that she has learned. Um, on this journey that she's been forced to be on. So um, I'm just going to read it. So it's going to very much sound like an email because it is an email. Um, (laughs) It's not in story form, Um, but it is a story within uh, the message that she sent. So uh, Katie and Susan, I just wanted to say that I'm loving your new podcast. I love that I get to hear your voices and laugh with you on a regular basis. It helps me with my homesickness for Stafford and Mount Ararat. This last episode really spoke to my heart, and I wanted to thank you for sharing most specifically sharing the passage in Isaiah 43. This past year, since losing our son Ethan unexpectedly and in kind of a traumatizing way, I've had to fight every day to keep my mind from wandering back to those horrible moments when we were watching him pass away and fighting to keep my thoughts from drifting to what I thought my, what I thought my life would be like having two crazy little boys running around, filling my home with noise, laughter, and joy. That passage was such a reminder and encouragement for me to be present and to be open and to open my eyes to what God is doing in the here and now. And while I will probably never in this life understand why God allowed our story to take this direction, I can trust that He makes all things new and He is a stream in the wasteland, a road through the desert. Anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for bringing that verse into the arsenal of Scripture that God has used to help me through this season of grief and for the stories you're sharing of the incredible things you've seen our God doing. I can't wait to hear more. Love, Molly. And then she sent um, most recently um, this latest uh, one that goes a little bit even deeper. It says, ladies, uh, I promise to try not to fangirl every single time I love an episode of your podcast. But goodness gracious, this last one with Rebecca Lyons was so good. I finally had a toddler-free moment to listen to it today on the way to a doctor's appointment, and it was just incredible. My church here in North Carolina does the one word thing for the year, and I chose the word brave. This last year, after losing Ethan, I can't tell you the number of people who have called me strong or brave. But is it really bravery when I didn't really have a choice but to walk through this part of my story? I certainly wouldn't have chosen it for myself. So surviving the loss of a child does not feel brave. It's just what I had to go through. Anyway, but after getting pregnant again, this pregnancy with our little girl has been the most terrifying thing I've ever faced. Something that I chose to do, and yet there are so many days that I have had to straight up battle Satan to keep myself from panic and from allowing my thoughts to travel to dark, hopeless places. Last weekend, we traveled to Atlanta to meet our new nephew, and I couldn't even hold him because the last time I was in a hospital room holding a beautiful newborn baby boy was the saddest moment of my life. In a few weeks, I'll head back to the same hospital where my son died, and Lord willing, this time, I'll have a much happier outcome. But I know before she comes... I'll be battling multiple times a day to keep my thoughts on God and on his perfect plan for my family, come what may. Thank you for this last episode. It spoke to me and encouraged me and reminded me of practical tools and a huge God that can see me through to my daughter's birthday. It went perfectly with what I've already been working on these last few months as I strive every day to live out brave. I can't wait to get Rebecca's book, Love you both, and I love hearing your voices and your laughter on every episode. And then I asked her if it was okay for us to share this, um, and she said, uh, I don't mind at all. And she talked about, um, she said, uh, the stories have encouraged her, um, but it has been her hope that one of the redeeming things about her journey would be that it would encourage someone else. And so Molly has had to walk through incredible incredible heartbreak but one of the things that she's talking about here is uh, when she says is it really bravery when I didn't really have a choice but to walk through that part of my story yeah and so sometimes you don't get to choose um, what you have to do and she didn't I I would imagine never in a million years did she think that this sort of bravery would be required of her right Right. And I think for her to have to walk back into that hospital, you know, you and I have been talking about how we've been praying for her. And uh, my prayer for her has been that this birth is not just a joy with her new daughter, but that it's just incredible intimacy with Jesus. Amen.
1: Amen. And there's nothing like trials to bring about that intimacy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
1: joys too, because you're happy and you and you're like, oh, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. But trials, mm, yeah, yeah. When you when you desperately need Him, just to put one foot in front of the other and and have a level of oh yeah ability to function. And and I liked what Molly said, just the reminder to take her mind mm-hmm. and set it on God. Yeah. Because that is where the battlefield is. Yeah. Well, even when you said about
0: the Isaiah forty three, that that's in the arsenal of Scripture that she has, and I think we can never underestimate um, the power of the Word. I mean, truthfully, oh, yeah, the power yeah. that the Word has to regulate our thoughts and regulate our minds and set them, like you said, on things above. Um,
1: And for those of you that are wondering, wait, what was Isaiah 43 again? It was that verse we shared um, right at the beginning of January Mm -hmm. where God clearly says, forget about the former things. Quit dwelling on the past. I am doing something new. Now it springs up. I am making a pathway in the desert. I am bringing streams in your wasteland, yeah. streams of refreshment.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, for that devastating experience to happen to Molly and to her husband, um, and even to her um, her son, uh, her toddler son right now, uh, to not have that brother, I'll tell you, truly, the only thing that can get you through something like that is to be able to lean on the faith of Jesus that you have Amen. and lean on Amen. the word that Amen. he has given us. Amen. Um, yeah, and I like, too, that she wrote in there, she may never, ever, ever understand why this happened. Right, um, right. And Because the
1: comfort isn't in the explanation. Yeah. The comfort is in the relationship with the comforter.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's wise. Right? That's wise, yeah, absolutely. There's a
1: song about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, I can't remember. The, where the healer meets the hurt. Where the yeah. hurt meets the healer. Yeah.
0: Well, and... um, I was reading, uh, I'm doing this Ann Voskamp uh, book, this devotion book called The Way of Abundance, um, and it's amazing. And she was uh, talking about that Jesus, um, he gets, he so gets those that are wounded because he's the wounded healer. Right, right. And I think every time that we have a, have a dark place, that we have a hard place, we have a, have a place in our lives that are similar to what Molly went through, um, just in, in different scope of loss. Right. Right. That we've got to remember Jesus is the wounded healer. He knows what it feels like to ache mm-hmm. and be wounded. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, that's pretty profound. And I think too, um, uh, the story I want to share yes. is uh, when Molly was talking here about how it just, that phrase that she said, you had that in my arsenal of scripture to be able to utilize. Um, this past week, uh, most kids here in the area that we live in, they're in spring break right now. My kids, because they go to a different school, they are, um, they are on spring break. They were on the spring break last week. And so on last Monday, because it was Easter, I could not take off because it was the week before Easter. I was not really able to do that. But my parents took my girls to um, see my grandmother in Charlottesville, a little past Charlottesville. And my grandmother uh, turned 95. Wow! And so uh, mom and dad got a cake and um, the girls went up there to see her. They took her lunch and, you know, just had a a big old time. Well, she's 95 years old and she still lives in the exact same house that, I mean, I've never known her in any other house. She's very um, independent as far as that goes. I mean, like, you know, she's 95, so she's got ailments, but um, she lives by herself and that um, is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's quite amazing. My aunt lives a couple doors down and is able to check on her and care for her. But, um, she does, I mean, she lives independently, um, in, in her home anyway. So when she got there, uh, my girls spent the day. So when I saw them that night, uh, my youngest Deborah could not wait. I mean, like I was sitting on my bed and Dipper comes running in the house and she was like, mom, I need to talk to you. And I was like, okay. And so she grabbed my face so that I would focus on her. <laughs> and like, she grabbed my cheeks and she was like talking to me and I'm like looking, I'm like, oh, what in the world? And I could tell it cause I, I was um, answering some emails on my phone and I could tell that she was like she didn't want me to glance at it. Do you know what I mean? Like that's how focused she was. I want every bit of your attention. So I put my phone down. I looked at her. I was like, what's going on, babe? And she's like, great grandmother showed me what she does from the time she wakes up. Until the time that she goes to bed. So now I'm going to explain to you what she told me. But she talked about that Monday. And, you know, usually with kids, if it's just something they're telling you, you won't really hear about it again. But if it's something that's stuck with them, then they that's all they really talk about. Yeah. Well, she, it's been a week now since they have been there. And every day she has spoken to me about this. Um, so this is what my grandmother does apparently now. Is that um, she wakes up in the morning and... Um, she has her quiet time and then she's got this calendar that's full of verses that she has been, that she focuses on these one verse a day that she meditates on throughout the day. And then in the afternoon, she has some more scripture reading that she does. And then right before bed, she has this other scripture reading and devotional. And I looked at it, I said, what, what do you think about that? And she was like, mom, she spends all day with Jesus. <laughs> I mean, like you could tell, like that, that it was really fascinating to her. her. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, you know, my other daughter with Ruth, Ruth was like, mom, she's, she's by herself. Well, so Ruth and I tend to, we're kind of seeing this like, whereas I was like, we were, she was like, mom, she's sitting there. She's by herself. Whereas Dipper saw it as She's bending yeah, all day long. And so like even last night we were getting ready to go to bed and um, all of the, all my two girls and my husband, and the four of us, Joshua was doing homework or he was FaceTiming his best friend or something. We were in our bedroom and we were folding sheets and blankets and putting them away. And uh, Dipper was like, okay, mom. The, uh, remember, this is kind of what great-grandmother would do right now. We need to stop and pray. I mean, like, it oh, really, wow. yeah. It and just so, really made an impact It totally made her. an impact. And um, even during the week, she was like, can you imagine, like, all the things that she knows? Because, like, all she does, Mom, is she gets up, she spends time. She, during the day, she spends time. During the evening, she spends time. And it was fascinating to her. It was completely fascinating. So she was like, all right, I want to be able I want to be able to, to do something like that. So she saw that I got this new prayer journal that's got these squares in it. And, um, I got it on Amazon and it's just these four little squares that you fill in each day, like a verse, something that you, um, are praying over something you're thankful for. And then, um, Lord, what I want you to teach me. It's four simple things that you do every day and you fill them in. And so she was like, okay, mom, this, this would be like great grandmother, So we need to get this, <laughs> this journal. So I told her, I, I was like, it. I know, I just went and told Ruth and, and her. I said, okay, guys, I mean, they, these little books were like six bucks on Amazon, these little journal books, because they're not just lines. Because, you know, sometimes kid needs boundaries to right, stay within. Right, right. I said, okay, I'll buy you these and we'll do that this summer. And I said, during the summer months, then we'll get up in the mornings and we will spend these, we'll do these four squares, spend time with Jesus. Each I mean, day. not like... Um, and what I loved is is that you could tell it wasn't, um, like, Dib wasn't seeing it was like a legalistic thing. Like, I've got to get up and spend time it, with right, Jesus. Right. She was seeing how, like, what she said was, Mom, she couldn't wait to show us what she had been mm. reading. Well, so that means it wasn't. This is what I got to do. like well, it wasn't, it was she more of a, saw it as a privilege. Yeah. Like, can you believe she gets to
1: spend all this time yeah. alone with Jesus? That, and she
0: kept nah. saying that to me that day. She was like, Mom, H- yeah. all day she spends with Jesus. I mean, like, her eyes were just as big as saucers. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay. And uh. so, I mean... Anyway, it's just. But it sounds like it it gave her a hunger to want
1: more time with Jesus herself. Yeah. And like you said, not legalistically, like, oh, I
0: I have to. Right. No, but like a relationship. I sure
1: would like to because look at how much great grandma loves it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think, too, um, the more our kids, when they're um, younger, just like the Cadbury Egg story, the more when they're younger and they see the power of what God can do and they see the power of the word, it's going to shape them to be amazing adults. And so what I think through this is with, with Molly Law, um, the tragedy that they experienced, the way she parents now is going to feel a little different on this side of tragedy,
1: right? Because
0: she is experiencing what like Ann Voskamp says, what the wounded healer does for those that are wounded. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think our kids, all of our kids, um, and all of your grandkids, all everybody is going to experience something that is so uncomfortable in this life. Because this life is hard. Yes. But when yes. we know, I'm going to make much of Jesus, I'm going to make much of his word, and I'm going to make much of loving other people. And when we can get those things right... It changes how we parent and how we grandparent. Do you know what I mean? And how we deal with tragedy. Yes. Amen. Because he
1: says, in this world, you will have trouble. Yes. But take heart. I really have overcome the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. I I think that's, I mean, that's powerful. It is powerful. Uh, Because I remember um, I was having like a moment one time. Uh, I can't even remember what, exactly what the story was, but Linda Elliott, who we love and adore, she said, I just was telling her something, and she said, how um, you handle this right now will show your kids how they will handle crisis in the future. Yes, yes. And it's what that says to me is he, he is... Almost guaranteeing that life is going to be hard because that's what the word definitely, says. Definitely, and he wanted that. us to know. And so, and we've got little people watching us how to handle crisis, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah,
1: and and that's what I was thinking about Molly's story. Not that this is an explanation for why, but that God will take that pain and use it. Yeah, He'll use it for His use glory it and the good in, of His people. It, Exactly. Yeah. And and like you said, then she will turn around and parent the kids she does have in a different way because of uh, going through Mm -hmm. a trial. Yeah. It's it's never wasted in God's economy. All that pain is never wasted. Not that he puts that pain on people or, you know, um, but uses all things, all things. Amen. Any Anyhow, um, speaking of trials and resilience, mm-hmm. bouncing back from trials, yeah. um, let's close today by yeah. giving a little sneak preview of our exciting um, yeah. May eighth
0: yes event. You guys, um, we, you, I'm I'm still flabbergasted with you guys. You guys sold it out in like three days. Like we were <laughs> like, what in the world? Our live podcast, yeah. Event. So we're having this event on May eighth. Um, we are working on getting, um, to open up an overflow section and we are actually meeting about that tomorrow. Um, and so we are going to have information in the next week about the possibility of opening up, um, some extra tickets and overflow tickets. Katie and I are going to go and try to figure out how that would work exactly. Um, so if that happens, watch our Facebook page, uh, because that will be where we let everybody know if new tickets open up. Uh, and, and it's going to be very limited. It's going to be very yeah. limited. But do know this we're recording that. Exactly. Night. I was just going to say, yeah. even if you can't come, we'd love it if you'd be there because Absolutely.
1: the swag bags, for one thing, aren't coming. Okay, we, let me tell you. We just got done ordering all the stuff yeah. and they are going to
0: be so It's so fabulous. fun. I mean, it's so fun. The things, yeah. The food's going to be good. The swag bags are going to be fun. The stories are going to be great. Um, we've got um, amazing worship that we're going to have. It's going to be great. It's going to be. A good night, but
1: but like Susan said, if you can't come, and again, obviously, if you're over in China and um, yeah. other
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, locations,
1: you're not coming to Sharon Glasgow's barn exactly. in Stafford, but it will be long. Um, but you will be able to hear the stories. And why I even brought that up was really every story that we're going to share, every military wife that we're going to um, interview, it really is a story of trials brought on. But then resiliency um, given because they were able um, to include their faith. Exactly. And not be bitter and turn against God for allowing a tragedy to to unfold, but accepting that we do live in a world that is harsh Mm -hmm. and that God can use that trial. He can redeem. He can
0: redeem it. Yeah.
1: And he can make people resilient. Yeah, And absolutely. able to bounce back from horrendous things. So there yeah. are going to be some amazing yeah. stories. You're not going to want to miss
0: that podcast. Yeah, it's going to be good. It really, really is going to be good. And then we have... Um, some incredible uh, guests lined up for the next several months. I mean, we really do, Katie. We yeah. sat down um, last week, and um, we are—we've got everything booked out through almost July. Yeah, July. Because
1: God is just so good to us by having us meet these fabulous yeah. people. For example, um, when was that? Last week, two weeks ago, we went to this, two weeks ago, yeah. uh Rebecca Lyons conference in, in Woodbridge. And the organizers let Susan and I have this little table. It was you so know, fun. It
0: was just fun. And we gave away these free yellow pens. Yes, it was, it was so very fun. exciting. And um we did realize that we are quite loud because that place was <laughs> packed, and all you could hear is Katie <laughs> and going, Hey, you guys want free pens? it was so fun it was so fun <laughs> we were a
1: little obnoxious but we were right in between three different authors yeah yeah um, the one on one side Ginger Harrington is another military wife and has written a fabulous book called Holy in the moment and then on our left side mm-hmm. was another friend named Kim Highland who's written another fabulous book about perfectionism and overcoming it so we are going to have both Kim and Ginger on the podcast at some point in time. Sure. And then, yeah. Susan, you were up on stage with two amazing women.
0: Yeah. Um, so I got to tell a little portion of um, of my story, and then I stood between these two amazing ladies um, who told their stories. Um, their names are Micah and Zena, and uh, their stories were fantastic. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, just God-redeeming. Just God redeeming stories.
1: Horrible, horrible things. Yeah,
0: yeah they really were. And Heartbreaking just things. listening to what God is able to do in the midst of that was was incredible. And so we um, talked to both Micah and Zina, and they both have agreed to come um, on the podcast. They're quite excited about that. Um, and then uh, we've got uh, Shari King coming up in July. Yes. And I'm trying to think of all the great uh, people that we have coming on. I mean, we really do have quite a few um, that are coming on that. I'm telling you this. Their stories will encourage you like never before. Um, you will leave here just refreshed and thinking if he can do that in their life, then Amen. he can do that in Amen. my life as well. Hope. hope, yeah. Amen. Hope, Amen. encouragement,
1: laughter, maybe some tears. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day hope yeah and so on that note we just want to say
0: stay tuned in yeah we love you all we love you guys and we will see you guys for episode 10 on next time have a good day Bye. bye